Hello, hello. Welcome to Think, Feel, Eat. This is episode number 27. And even though in episode 25, in the first of this three-part series, I said, do not use the word self-sabotage, all three parts are still called self-sabotage. Okay. It's because knowingly or unknowingly obstructing your way to your goal is not as short as self-sabotage, okay? I do think that we have to think about it differently. So I think that if we think of self-obstruction, like we are doing it ourselves, self-sabotage, yes, we are doing it ourselves. But the problem is that that's used so much, that term is so overused that people don't think of it as being, um, as being like something that they're doing. They still think, or we still think, that self-sabotage is done to us. All right. So anyway, this broadcast is going to be part three of self-sabotage. So part one was episode 25, and it is up at the blog, the outline, the graphics, everything you need for that is there. It's also at iTunes if you'd rather listen. And um, it is like the thought work around self-sabotage. So the terminology, um, what we can do with how we think about our goals and how we feel and our responses and our actions, our activities, our tasks, the things that we do that lead to our goal uh, reaching or not. And so that episode 25 is a really good foundation for the concept of knowingly or unknowingly obstructing our weight loss. Okay. And then in episode 26, that was part two, I started with some practical tips. So um, I reviewed a little bit from episode 25, and then I gave these practical tips that you might want to be sure to hear and to get the handout and stuff for that, the outline for that and the show notes. And that is working on stress management, lowering cortisol, sleep, learning how to sit with urges, creating barriers to hyper palatable foods, including like the concept of cleaning out your pantry and um, the limits that that has, right? We are limited when we clean out our pantry, right? We're not going to solve all of our food problems by simply not having the food in the house. It's a great barrier. It's one, one step of many, and that's why this is a three-part series. So today I have more practical tips for you, and I'm really, really excited about these tips. I was excited. I've been excited about this whole series of this three-part self-sabotage because I feel like I've just learned so much um, in the last, well, you know I've learned so much in the last year and a half since I began on this, um, you know, learning to, to be a life coach, weight loss coach, thought coach, um, time management coach, but also um, I'm excited because there's not just the learning, I'm actually getting it to the point where I apply it and I can really, really help others apply it too. So I've been very, very excited about um, the application of this uh, material and how it is changing my life, my weight, my size, and how I look at my health and weight and size goals. All right, so I have several tips for you that are, you know, obviously, you know, with my outline, there are tips and then there are sub tips underneath those. 
So the first one, we talked about creating barriers in the last one and the limitations of that. And you know, like not having certain foods in the house, having to go out to get it at a gas station, getting single serve sizes, uh, getting foods for your kids that you don't like. Okay, that was some of that like barrier type of things. Now I wanna talk about filling your foods, your house with healthier foods. All right, and um, uh, I'm going to uh, bring up a document called the Helpful Foods List. One of the things that we do when we start to fill our homes with this new way of life, this new healthy eating, this new change that we're going to make is that we buy things we don't really like. I went through this for so many years trying to be keto. I had a low carb food blog. I still have a lot of, I mean, dozens and dozens of low carb recipes that I tested. I have a free sugar-free solutions cookbook available at the blog um, as one of the freebies, one of the free resources. I still use it. I still use, I still really, really, really um, try to uh, not go no sugar, but low sugar. And I have some mechanisms in place that I think will help you through this. But I didn't like all the stuff that I was making. So I had, you know, I was teaching everybody how to do this and I was making recipes all the time. And then I would end up throwing a lot of the things out. For sure, my family wasn't eating any of it. <laughs> I can tell you that much right now. So we never just really got accustomed to um, the keto foods. And now I'm glad I didn't because I realized that all that time I wasn't creating a deficit because of the, of the, um, the calorie surplus that I was always in. I was, when you eat that much fat, a lot of times people have trouble losing on low carb and keto diets after a period of time because their deficit is no longer there. And I realized that that had happened to me, that I, that my foods were so calorie dense, right? You know, like cream cheese, whipping cream, almond flour, um, butter, olive oil, coconut oil, peanut butter, nuts, you know, it was so calorie dense that I stopped losing weight on it, even though I was eating foods I didn't even like. So if you like those kind of foods, you can definitely lose weight that way, as long as you're creating a deficit, right? So um, that is great, but for me, that did not work. And so I decided instead to eat foods that I like and has revolutionized my weight loss. I decided that I wasn't going to get caught up in healthy or not healthy, perfect or imperfect, health food store or Kroger, right? I wasn't going to get caught up in that trap because healthy foods can still create a calorie surplus, right? And what I found was when I eat foods that I don't like, I just keep on trying to eat and eat and eat to satisfy that. Whereas if I eat something I like, I am more inclined to stay within my plan, my protocol for the day. All right, so I talked a few episodes ago, I think it was in your uh, big decision you need to make ahead of time, episode 21, I talked about how you need a protocol. And when we have a protocol, we are saying these are our foods 80% of the time, okay? That is the first step to being like in Food Anonymous, Overeaters Anonymous, Brightline, that type of thing. Not that we are going to eat as strictly as they do, because I don't eat as strictly as they do. But what I do is I, this is, these are my foods. 
This, these are my foods. 80% of the time I eat these. 20% of the time I eat something else, but these are my foods. So on a daily basis, this is what I eat. This has gone a long way in me not self-sabotaging. It's gone a long way in me not, um, you know, going off the rail, so to speak, all of those terms that we use in search of something that is more enjoyable for me. So I created a document and it is a free resource at uh, donnarish.com under donnarish.com forward slash freebies. It's a free resource. Uh, now I got you on my Facebook page. That's not where you want to be. And it is called Helpful Food List for Various Protocols. So if you are listening rather than watching, you can get that at donnarish.com forward slash freebies. Now, if you're watching me, there are four food lists. And I love this because what I did was I chose the one that was closest to what I do, which is this uh, Weight Watchers Blue Free Foods list or the um, Real Foods list, list one or list two. And then I printed it off and then I added my own foods to it. And this is my food list. This is what I eat 80% of the time. And I just put the things on there I like. I highlight everything I like. Those are my foods. And everything that's not highlighted or not added to, I don't like. And I don't eat, all right? Um, life's too short to eat things you don't like, right? And it's too hard to stay on a plan if you don't like it. We just won't. We just don't. All right, list three is very low-carb foods for those of you doing keto or low-carb. And then list four is low-fat, okay, which is kind of a spinoff of the number one list, but a little bit different in that it has um, some processed foods that are also very low-fat or fat-free. Um, research, I'm going to give you just a little tidbit of research information here. Research shows that if you are on the this end, very low carb, or you're on this end, very low fat, they get equal results in terms of weight loss. Now the perfect storm of weight loss, that's donnerish.com forward slash perfect storm that I've been teaching you over these last many weeks. It doesn't just say, do I lose, do I lose? It says, can I stay on it? Is it affordable? Is it convenient? Can I comply? Is it something I can do for the rest of my life? Does it have foods I like? Do they not spike my cravings? All of these things come together in the perfect storm. But either end, guys, you can do very low carb, you can do very low fat. Personally, I like to cycle through different protocols and I love it because one week I'm eating bacon and eggs and you know salad with you know a lot of meat and cheese and stuff on it. And the next week I'm eating potatoes and corn and apples and it's just i like doing that because it makes it it changes it up for me but i have my food list that week this is what i eat all right do not buy a bunch of healthy foods you don't like or would seldom choose okay so for me generally speaking i try to eat as real as i can so i use the 80 20 approach um let's see when i top that i decided to put my um yeah episode 15 the 80-20 approach, um, I decided to um, uh, ha eat foods, the, as real foods as I can, 80% of the time, 
and they have to be foods I like. Those two things have to come together. Real, because of some of the things I'm gonna be teaching you here as we go through this particular lesson, like fibrous, uh, filling, those kind of things, um, and also lower on calorie density, right? Like you can have, um, say, homemade air fried french fries, a lot of them for 300 calories, but to get that same amount at McDonald's, you have to spend 600 calories, right? And plus, the ones that you eat out are so hyper palatable that you don't want to stop. This is why, sorry, I kicked my camera. This is why we have trouble stopping is because of that hyper palatability. So have real meal foods on hand, all right? Um, there's also a lot of research about cooking. Now, I know that most of us don't have a lot of time to cook anymore, right? This is just kind of the world we're in. And I love to cook, and we don't even have much time to cook, especially this school year with COVID and everything, how many students we have um, who are not going to school but are coming to us. So it's super, 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 super busy. Um, some days we teach 12 hours. It's just unbelievable how mm, almost every day my husband teaches 12 hours. And um, I always teach eight, nine hours, you know, just, just very, very busy. Um, so we all don't have time to cook, right? That's a thing. Um, so buy convenience when you absolutely need it, but buy the best choices of convenience foods you can find and plan to bake potatoes, steam rice, stir fry veggies and meat, air fry grilled cheese, simple, 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 but as real as possible, okay? Make sure in this choosing the foods you like and healthier foods that you have grab and go foods, right? Because it's one thing to have everything all perfect in your home, but it's another thing to be out and not have anything that you, that you enjoy. That is going to be that knowingly or unknowingly disrupting your weight loss, right? That is one of those ways that we self-sabotage. So for me, I like egg cups that are just you know made in muffin tins with egg whites and cheese and um, turkey bacon or turkey sausage um, cheese string cheese apples protein muffins that i make and freeze ahead of time peanut butter sandwich sprouted bread whipped peanut butter kind of a lower calorie density but yet very i love peanut butter sandwiches i don't like peanut butter jelly but i love peanut butter sandwiches um, lower calorie crackers baked tortilla chips these kind of things grab and go, right? I buy the individual servings, so I'll just stick a bag of Cheez-Its, I'll stick an apple, I'll stick a banana, and I'm off, right? I, you know, I have what I need there if I um, end up being gone longer than planned or whatever, okay? And lastly, under filling your home with healthy and health, healthy, healthy slash healthier foods is to make your own food rules. Print off the helpful foods list and go through and make your own rules. Don't let anybody tell you, you can't eat this, you can't eat that. Don't, don't watch what people write on social media and start to feel this guilt trip because you eat American cheese when you make grilled cheese. Stop the madness, right? Guess what? If we eat all that perfect food, a lot of times we don't stay on it. Now, I eat so much healthier than I ever have my entire life and I make my own food rules, right? And it's because I only include things that I like. As a matter of fact, I pretty much love almost everything I eat. That is how I have myself set up for success. That is how I keep from self-sabotage. It's how I keep from disrupting um, my weight progress. All right, next one, remind yourself daily why you're doing this. 
I talked about this a little bit in episode 25, but I had some thoughts to add, so I added it here again. All right, you have to have a strong why, why you are doing this. And a lot of times we want our why to be, I just want to be here for my grandkids. I just want to be able to play on the floor with my grandkids, which is, those are very lofty goals. And those, those are great, great goals to have, right? We have seven grandkids, four of them are one and under, um, very, very busy and very um, uh, energy, right? And output, you know, I'm at the zoo, I'm, at the, I'm going swimming with them, I'm babysitting them. You know, I just, I love, love, love. All of our kids live close by. So we are always, um, you know, with each other. Um, but even for your own kids, like I wanna be there, you know, for my grandkids' weddings, or I wanna be, you know, um, that probably is not going to be something that keeps you day by day by day by day doing this hard stuff, right? So that can be like, a, that can be some of your goals, that can be some of your reasons, but you need something that you can just grab a hold of. And that is like, yes, I want this and I want this badly, all right? And so probably even more than I want to be here for my granddaughter's wedding would be, I wanna wear a small dress at my daughter's wedding. Right? We have a tendency to think that's not lofty, that's not um, ex, ex, um, uh, like benevolent to other people or whatever, but let's face it, we're the ones doing this hard work to lose weight. We're the ones day in and day out making these decisions to change our lives in a way that sustains us for the rest of our lives. And so if it is, you know, wearing a size six, that happens to be mine. I really, really, really want to wear a size six because you can't squeeze into a size six. It's like, it's pretty small. Okay. So it can be, it should be something that keeps you going. Tell it to yourself after you have an obstru obstructive thought. Again, when you are about to self-sabotage, you're about to obstruct your progress, knowingly or unknowingly. Say it aloud if needed. Um, it's okay if it is not, you know, like I said, something that's so, um, you know, benevolent to other people. It can be just something that you want for yourself, right? Because you're doing this for yourself, right? And I have a thought that I've been using that's really been helping me a lot. And that is, this is my size six life, okay? What I mean by that is catch a thought that gets you where you want to go and that keeps you there okay and the reason that this is my thought is because i am trying to real to took me a while recently actually several months of this is my new life this is my life now this is what i do because i'm going to get you know to my goal and i found out that the thoughts that i was using were not motivating they were like actually Donna Downers, right? They were like, this is my life now. Looks like this is what I'm gonna have to eat forever. You know, if I want to reach my goal and you know, now this is what I have to do. It's like it was, they were punishing thoughts. And I just, the other day was saying, this is my life now. And I said, 
this is my size six lie and everything changed. It wasn't like something that I was doing. Oh man, I'm 57 now. I already had all the donuts and all the chocolate and all the pizza. Now this is what I have to do. And so it was like, this is my size six life. This is my size six life. And I say that to myself every single day, many times a day. When I'm in bed and I realize, oh man, I didn't eat enough and I needed to eat more. Why didn't I eat more? Now I'm hungry. I'm not going to be able to fall asleep. I should probably jump out and get some, jump up and get something. This is my size six life. You can eat tomorrow. You'll be fine. All right. This is my size six life. All right. Control your food palatability. I know, I know, I know. I always talk about Dr. Guyane and his hungry brain and the six seductive cravings, right? But food palatability is a huge obstruction to your goals. It is a huge obstruction to your next size, to your next weight. Um, I talked about it in an e-blast on August 10th. So if you get this handout, all of these things that I'm referring to will be linked in that handout. So that's a nice thing about getting the handout at the blog is that you always have your, um, your links that you can just click right on and go right to it or what I'm referring to. So in the Motivating Monday e-blast on August 10th, um, I talked about the book, Hungry Brain, and I've talked about it like so many times and throughout Think, Feel, Eat. Um, but this one study was so interesting because we tend to think, um, I know I always, once I got a handle on, I need to create a deficit. I'm not creating a deficit with all these games I'm playing, you know, where I'm just trying low carb, I'm just trying low fat, but I'm eating a lot of sugar, you know, all of these little, um, or I'm, you know, if you, if you just eat gluten-free or you just eat, carnivore, you just eat um, paleo, but if you're not creating a deficit, you don't lose weight. I mean, how many people do you know who shop at the health food store, who only eat paleo, who do all these things, and yet they don't lose or they're not at their goal weight? It is because a universal truth is that in order to lose weight, you have to eat less than your body needs. Right. That's called your deficit. So I was, once I got a handle on that and I believed that, and I think I always believed that, but I was just dis distracted a lot by eat whatever you want. As long as you're eating low carb, eat whatever you eat as much as you want. As long as it's, you know, keto, eat what, eat as much as you want. As long as it's healthy. I, I definitely got distracted by that through the years. But once I came back around to the deficit, 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 and you can make your deficit many ways. Remember we had three uh, pick a protocols, 16, 17, and 18 of Think, Feel, Eat, three parts of pick a protocol. You can make a deficit in any way. I, may, I do this, uh, the cycling of different protocols, the protocol cycling, I make a deficit all the time. I make deficits with low carb, I make deficits with real food, I make deficits with calorie counting, I make deficits with protein counting, because you can make deficits with different things, right? You just have to control your amounts and everything. But this study consumed, uh, tracked people over seven days, which is not a really, really long study, but 
they found that people consumed about 44% more food whenever they gave them more palatable meals than they did on the least palatable ones. Now, the good thing was that this was controlled. So you can actually have a shorter study. Remember my uh, episode about research? I can't remember what number that was, but it's in Weight Loss Lifestyle. Um, you can have a shorter study if they are um, in-house, right? They're not self-reporting. They're not out there saying, well, I ate about a half a cup of M&Ms, you know, and then you found, you know, they really ate two cups or whatever. So yeah, it was a short one, but because it was in-house, it wasn't self-reported, that makes it more reliable. And what happens is you have these hyperpalatable meals that they were feeding them. Then they had the less palatable ones. And people consume 44% more food on these hyperpalatable meals. So then that kind of throws out the window the whole concept of um, I can eat whatever I want as long as it's within my calories, right? Like I believe all of those people who lost weight on the Twinkie diet, the potato diet, the egg diet, the gas station diet, the convenience store diet, the um, Subway diet, okay? There's a reason why all of those people lose weight because they're making a deficit, right? But I also know that if I eat things that have the six seductive cravings in them, for me, it's really my trifecta, flour, sugar, fat, okay, pastries, cupcakes, cookies, those kind of things. When I eat those things, I just want more and I want more and I want more and I feel like I can't stop. And it is because if that happens to you and you're scratching your head saying, I've been doing so great. Why all of a sudden can I not stay on my protocol? Look and see if you ate something hyper palatable. So it could be a savory, right? Like the Unami flavoring, salt, fat, cheese kind of thing, or it could be sweet. All right. Um, but hyper palatable foods are known to increase your calorie intake. So I can say I can eat you know, a thousand calories of Snickers, or I can eat a thousand calories of broccoli, and I'm still going to lose the same amount of weight. That could easily happen, right? Especially, I mean, Snickers has some protein in it too, um, probably more than broccoli. But anyway, you could eat a thousand calories of broccoli in one sitting anyway, because you would get a bad gut ache, right? You'd be so bloated. So, um, but you could lose weight equally. The question is, what happens after? Well, with broccoli, you might be in the bathroom a lot if you eat that much. But what happens after, right? When we have these hyperpalatable foods, what is next? Even if they were within our calorie deficit, what happens next? We can't control what happens next. All right, so I talked a lot about the six seductive cravings. I want to touch on other hyperpalatable thoughts because it's not just um, the six seductive cravings, it's also energy density. Right, so M&Ms versus an apple, little teeny bits of M&Ms, huge apple, right? Filling you up. Um, mouth feel, how things feel in your mouth. Texture, right? You know, how, you know how sometimes you just can't eat something because you can't stand the texture? Well, the same thing is true that you might desire more and more and more of something because of the texture. For me, I don't like like really wet, kind of creamy kinds of desserts. Like I don't like cheesecake, I don't like flan, I don't like lava cake, I don't like cream brulee. I don't like those kind of things. I like more of a substance, like a cake, a brownie, a pie, right? And so that would probably fall under te texture. Temperature, 
right? Like I don't like cold foods. I seldom pack cold sandwiches and take them anywhere because I don't like cold food. I like my food to be heated up. I like hot foods and the six seductive savings. So craving. So what you have to ask yourself is what makes you not be able to stop? Let's look at my timer here for a minute. Okay, what makes you not be able to stop? What makes you turn to screw it thoughts? What sets you into binge mode? These are the things that are gonna cause us to obstruct our progress knowingly or unknowingly, okay? So not just making us want to overeat for the enjoyment, but also hyperpalatable foods make us need a lot more of those in order to feel satisfied, okay? They don't have the nutrients, they don't have the satiety that we need, right? Eat simpler foods, all right? So again, when we stop combining those six seductive cravings of foods, okay? When we stop combining those and we instead just make things simple, that's gonna take down the hyperpalatability a lot, right? So I mentioned on here that when I'm not doing um, a low carb thing a lot, I have this thing that I do that I just caught onto actually in January when we went to Disney World, that anytime we have a weekend get together, a weekend trip, we just went on a family, we rented a house, all 22 of us were there a couple of weeks ago. In June, I was in my sister's at North Carolina. In January, we were at Disney World. Whenever I come back from a trip or a weekend getaway or something like that, I do what I call my keto reset. I don't even like keto, but for some reason, when I do this keto reset, three days, five days, seven days, however long I need to do it, my cravings are gone. It is remarkable, right? And so when I mentioned on here that when I'm not doing a keto reset or something, I have potatoes every day because I want to be able to say that I got down to a size six and lost my last 20 pounds eating potatoes every day. <laughs> it's just a goal of mine. <laughs> and the difference in the seduction when I just make a simple baked potato in the micro and I just put some whipped butter and salt and pepper on it versus whipped butter, sour cream, cheese, shredded cheese, bacon, chives, all right, I just up that hyperpalatability. Not to mention the fact that I've just, oh, I've had way more calories than my 57-year-old body ever needs, even with strength training three times a week. I just do not need that many calories, all right? So the other thing is that we often are brought back to a time, right? I remember the, um, the magician, uh, Teller and Penn. Oh, I always forget which one it was. The one that was very heavy. I want to say that it's Penn. I think it's, I don't know which one it is. Anyway, he wrote in his book, uh, he lost 100 pounds, and he said uh, something to the effect of, I've already had all of that. I'm done having all of that, right? Now, I'm not saying that I'm done having all of that, but when we eat stuff that is hyperpalatable, we are taken back, right? This happens to me when I go to Disney World. Okay. And I just eat whatever I want at Disney World. It's just one of those things. I only go once a year or every 18 months or something. So I just eat whatever I want I'm at Disney World. When we go to Indianapolis for the weekend, we go dancing, we go to shows, I eat whatever I want. All right. It's just, that's just what I do. It's just something that I do, but I don't eat hyperpalatable. I don't eat like that at home every day, right? I'm back on my strict, strict eating protocol that I'm going to be on forever, right? This is my new... This is my size six life. 
All right, but that can take us back, right? I know it does to me. It takes us back like, oh man, remember when I used to eat nachos and sundaes and donuts all the time? So we can just be taken back to that. And um, that hyper palatable, having that all the time will do that. Having, stretching out the instances between hyper palatable. So I have this thing where cookies, brown, uh, brownie, homemade cookies, brownies, pie, cake, cupcakes, donuts, those are stretched out. Those uh, 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 hot fudge sundae, those are stretched out to where maybe, I don't even know, maybe once or twice a month, I'll have something that hyper palatable. And I'll just eat something a lot simpler, like a single serving bag of peanut M&Ms when I want to have a treat. I'm not having that like all of those things that I know what they do to me. I know what going to a cupcake store does. I know what buying donuts does to me. I know what they're going to do. That's gonna set me on a spin to where I, my cravings are gonna be high. That hyper palatability is going to raise my dopamine spikes to where I want that food all the time. So stretch out those instances. Your food list should not include those hyper palatable foods. That should be part of your 20% and even not part of your 20%. That should be like something that the things that you know are gonna really, really set you off we need to stretch out so we don't have them very often. Substitute something that has less palatability and simpler composition, but still takes the place of the old food. I do this all the time. I make my own nachos with uh, baked, uh, air fried. I get the corn, corn things, I air fry them till they're crispy. The, the corn tostada shells that aren't baked, um, air fry those. And I put my, my meat on that that I measured out. Then I put my cheese on that and my salsa and it's kind of like a nacho. It's got like 250 calories sometimes. It depends on whether how lean the turkey, ground turkey is. That is in place of this massive 800, 1200 calorie nachos with all the trimmings, right? Hyper palatability is going to cause you to go way over your calories that you need for the day, but it's also going to cause you not to be able to stop. So fewer ingredients, less extensive cooking methods, single or few ingredient foods. Um, again, lessen those chances of those six seductive cravings. I hope these um, self-sabotage tips or lack of self-sabotage or stop, stop self-sabotage tips have been helpful to, you, helpful to you. They've made all the difference for me. One of the things I like to tell my clients is not to think of foods as bad and good, but instead think of them as controllable and non-controllable. Okay, now this is not to say that we can't get control, right? Because we can use thought work, we can plan ahead, all the things that I teach on this broad, on this podcast, right? Think, feel, eat. But in setting ourselves up for the most success, we can look at a food and say, this peanut M&M in a bag from the gas station, right now planned when I still have 250 calories left, for the day is controllable. Donuts, you have to buy a half dozen at a time, whatever, bringing this home would not be controllable. Controllable versus uncontrollable, right? And we're also, again, using our prefrontal cortex to say no to the hyper palatable. I can still have a little treat. It doesn't have to wreck everything, right? We have a tendency to be all or nothing, right? So we're either completely on or we're completely off. So not good and bad, not you know healthy and unhealthy 
although we do want to eat healthy foods, I feel amazing the way I eat now, right? But not that way, but instead it is controllable, uncontrollable. Or maybe it would be better to say fully controllable, less controllable, right? And it has to do with all of the things that I've been teaching in the perfect storm, the palatability, the um, fluidity, fluffiness and fibrousness of foods, just all of those things. Okay, that is it for episode number 27 of Think, Feel, Eat. Next week, I'm going to be teaching about the difference between overhunger and over-desire. There's a big difference between the two, and some of the solutions to those two problems are overlapping, and some of them are unique to overhunger versus over-desire. It will be some of the same material um, because some of them apply to overhunger, some of them apply to over-desire. Um, definitely going to have some new material in there too uh, that we need to consider, especially when we are considering overhunger, right? And even what is the difference and how we respond to it and what is overhunger? Because hunger is probably just really fine. It's overhunger we want to avoid. So I'm going to help you with that next week, all right? That will be episode number 28 of Think, Feel, Eat. So in the meantime, thank you so much for joining me. Um, it is the middle of the month. It's actually a little bit past the middle of the month. So we have, I have webinars, intermittentfastingwebinar.com. So be sure you sign up for one of those. One of the great ways to help you gain food control is through intermittent fasting. So be sure you sign up for one of those coming up this week and next week. There will still be two or three remaining that you can sign up for. Also, the September course is coming soon. So intermittentfastingcourse.com, where I can help you um, get your fasting on. And I teach a lot of great content in there, 20 to 30 minute videos for 21 days, followed by Q and A's. So um, I'd love to have you join me in next month's course. See you soon.